0: You're listening to the Chronicle Almanac. From the great American Pacific Northwest, greetings and welcome, my friends, to this week's edition of the Parachronical Almanac. I'm Jonathan Hawk. Well, it made it safely. The Perseverance rover has safely landed on the Martian surface As of yesterday, and we'll get into that story in a moment, but a huge, huge, massive shout out and congrats to the teams at JPL, NASA, and everyone that worked on this mission. I'm so happy for your success and that your dedication toward this super important step forward in the exploration of Mars has seemingly paid off. So big, big kudos to you and congratulations. And back here on Earth, if you live in the Hudson Valley region in the northeastern U.S., Did you by chance catch a strange vertical contrail this past Wednesday evening? Well, if you did, you're not alone. Around 6 p.m., many people across social media began seeing the strange contrail develop from the horizon directly up, with the trail eventually fading into the sky. Some speculated that it was a rocket launch, but there were no known launches that occurred during that timeline. Of course, many downplayed it as being an optical illusion based on perspective and location, saying that it was no more than just a your standard airplane contrail, and that may very well be the case, but others insisted it seemed unnatural, and while not saying it was an extraterrestrial or a UFO, they felt that it didn't have a simple answer. So if you did see this phenomenon and have pictures or a description of the event, send them our way. We'd love to hear from you. And as always, before we get to the news, don't forget to like or subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on or pass this podcast on to spread the word about our little show to help us grow. And we would thank you for that. And of course, we're still looking for stories from you, paranormal or otherwise. So give us a call on the Parachronicle hotline at 818 570 if you'd like your story featured on a future episode. That's 818-570-0126. And you should save it to your contacts, really. You should. Or you can always email at hawk at parachronicle.com That's H-A-W-K-E at theparachronicle.com. And on that note, let's dive right in. Well, as I mentioned at the top of the program just a few moments ago, NASA scientists are celebrating the Perseverance rover's successful Mars landing. This from Fox News. The cheers of success were exciting to hear from a team of scientists that had worked eight years to land a rover named Perseverance on Mars in a way that's never been done before. At NASA's Jet Propulsion Laboratory, scientists called the much-anticipated touchdown on the red planet a perfect landing. For the scientists in a second-floor control room at JPL, this was the first time they were all in a room together because of the pandemic. That may have added to the excitement. On that idea of working eight years on this project acting nasa administrator steve drusick said that's a good chunk of your life and career to put into something that in seven minutes you're going to either succeed or not well that seven minutes of terror as they call it can be gut-wrenching that's the time it takes for the craft to leave the martian atmosphere and careen toward and then land on the surface of mars Team member Jackie Sly says, quote, it was so exciting. I'm so happy for us. It was a moment of relief, end quote. And I'm sure it was. And that's understandable when you consider the many challenges this team has had to overcome. Challenges stemming from hardware problems, technical innovations. And then in March, the pandemic came along, complicating matters. As reporters, crews, and others worked in a large tent, all eyes became focused on acting Administrator Jurczyk during that seven minutes of uncertainty. Well, after it was all done, President Joe Biden then went on to congratulate all involved. And we don't know the president's specific words, but we know after his quote, hello, Mr. President greeting, there was a short give and take in which Jurczyk said, absolutely, sir. Jurczyk went on, that's a a lot of what we do is to show the United States and countries around the world what is possible. And we did it again today. And they did. Scientists say that the landing, a first of its kind, was spectacular. It was in a safe area where there may be fossils of ancient microbial life. That dry landing spot was believed to once be a lake. Acting administrator Jurczyk said it went flawlessly in reference to the landing. Meanwhile, Associate Administrator Dr. Thomas H. Zurbuchen was beaming with pride. He said, quote, This, I would say, is one of the top five accomplishments of science and NASA. Another team member, Bethany Hellman, said there's a helicopter attached to the belly of the rover that will be able to make flights over Mars and study the planet from above, and that little helicopter is named Ingenuity. There's also a whole bunch of cameras on board Perseverance. Uh, They're for navigation, viewing, getting microscopic images from many meters away, and more. Bethany continues, quote, There's that big cyclops eye. That's cool. There's actually a camera in there to get remote microscopic images, but also spectrometers, including a laser, that lets us fire at a rock and look at the chemistry of the rocks inside, end quote. Perseverance is on Mars now, and it's on the job. And if you have a chance, go check out some of the latest images coming out of JPL and NASA. There's a great shot looking downward from the delivery system looking at Perseverance dangling high above the Martian surface. And another incredible expansive landscape shot of the Mars surface kind of looking like a a really bad smog day in Los Angeles. So go check it out. And I can't wait for the discoveries to come. And hopefully, hopefully soon, the first flight on another planet with the Ingenuity drone. That will be very exciting to see. And after almost 75 years after the Roswell incident, is the Pentagon admitting that it's tested wreckage from UFO crashes? According to one article, the Pentagon has finally admitted to testing wreckage of UFO crashes, according to author Anthony Bragaglia, who wrote to the U.S. Defense Intelligence Agency, otherwise known as DIA. The DIA reportedly released 154 pages of test results of a mysterious memory metal called Nitinol, which remembers its original shape when folded, Bergoglia claimed. Quote, a stunning admission by the U.S. government that it possesses UFO debris was recently made in response to a Freedom of Information Act request filed over three years ago, Bergalia wrote in his blog, adding in a reply letter. The U.S. Defense Intelligence Agency has ended decades of speculation by verifying that UFO material has indeed been recovered, end quote. Now officially referred to as UAP rather than UFOs, some of this material was placed with a defense contractor for analysis and storage in specialized facilities, Bregalia informed in his blog post. Incredibly, part of the information released discusses material with shape recovery properties much like the memory metal debris found fallen at the Roswell UFO crash in 1947, he revealed. Based on the documentation received, it appears that the retrieved debris exhibits other extraordinary capabilities. In addition to remembering their original form when bent or crushed, some of these futuristic materials have the potential to make things invisible, compress electromagnetic energy, and even slow down the speed of light, Brigalia claims. According to Bergalia, the documents revealed the tests were carried out by Bigelow Aerospace, a Las Vegas company which performs private contracts for the Department of Defense. Quote, although much of the reports detailed are redacted, what can be gleaned is that these technologies represent a literal quantum leap beyond the properties of all existing materials known to man," Bergalia maintained. Throughout the received FOIA documents, mention is made of potential use of some of the materials in Quote, advanced aerospace platforms, end quote. References made to desired material characteristics such as being extremely lightweight and tough, like the characteristics of debris supposedly found at the Roswell crash in 1947, Brigalia wrote. And as I've mentioned many times on this program before, in December last year, former President Donald Trump had signed the $2.3 trillion coronavirus relief bill, which also set into motion a 180-day countdown for the authorities to reveal all they know about UFOs. The DIA and Secretary of Defense were given less than six months to provide information on unidentified aerial phenomenon to the Congress and Committees of Armed Services according to the former president's move. Almost on cue, America's spy agency CIA allowed all UFO information to be downloaded ahead of the deadline last month. In fact, the CIA allowed documents to be accessed by downloading from the Black Vault website. The data involved every instance of unidentified aerial phenomenon which has been mapped by the U.S. government. So, as I've mentioned before, you can go to the Black Vault website. They've got a treasure trove of documentation that you can sift through. And there's a ton of it. And so go take a look and I'm, you know, again, I feel like every couple weeks, at least once a month, it's beginning to feel like we're getting maybe just a little bit closer, ever so closer to disclosure. And if you spent any time out in the vast Nevada desert near Area 51 like I have and happen to have several millions of dollars on hand, this article might be for you because the iconic UFO ranch bordering Area 51 and its infamous black mailbox are for sale. Medellin Ranch borders Area 51 and has been a popular landmark for alien and UFO enthusiasts over the years. Well, now the ranch is currently up for sale and the current owners are including the iconic black mailbox that was formerly on Highway 375, also known as the Extraterrestrial Highway. Steve and Glenda Medlin originally bought the ranch, which has a view of Area 51, back in 1973. There were no alien and UFO hunters at the time, and there was no mail delivery at the time either. The lack of mail meant that the Medlins needed to set up their own mailbox on Highway 375. And all these years later, Medlin Ranch can now be bought for a cool 4.5 million dollars. It sits on 80 acres, and for many, it's as close to Area 51 as they're ever going to get. Quote, It is the only cattle ranch that is directly adjacent to the world's best-known military base, according to WGN. It's nestled in Nevada's Tikaboo Valley, which had literally nothing around it when the Medelins moved in. In the middle of the 1980s, the United States government seized more of the land surrounding Area 51, which included part of the Medelin Ranch. Now, the U.S. government did claim more land over the years. However, the landowner did work out a rather unusual agreement with the United States Air Force. The military told him he could enter the forbidden base to tend his roaming cattle, but he needed to call first on a radio that they gave him. So Medellin can technically get into the land surrounding Area 51. Medlin Ranch was nice and quiet just like the rest of the Nevada Valley until the late 1980s when Bob Lazar said that he had worked with alien spacecraft at the nearby Nellis Air Force range. He also said that he had seen the Air Force testing out UFOs. From there, Tikaboo Valley became a booming tourist attraction. The Medlin mailbox, now known as the Black mailbox, was soon a destination on its own. People would camp at the spot, place notes for aliens in it, steal mail, or even shoot it with a gun. This led to the removal of the iconic mailbox in 1996, which was replaced with a white bulletproof box, though the Medlin still left the black mailbox out for tourists, where people still leave notes and even place money into it to this day. The black mailbox is well known to alien and UFO hunters, so that will be of some interest. As for the deal that Steve Medlin made with the United States Air Force, it's unclear if that will be extended to the new buyer. It's also unclear if the United States government will swoop in and try to get the land for themselves. The sale includes two homes, 70 irrigation spots for cattle, and 80 total acres of land. So if you're interested, you can head over to A Ranch Broker to put an offer down on the ranch. Anybody want to start a GoFundMe? And now we travel across the Atlantic to the terrifying moment that the Battersea Poltergeist nearly appeared live on BBC News. This from my London. There are few people who have had the privilege of being mentioned in the House of Commons. There are even fewer ghosts who have had the honor of being spoken about inside Westminster. The Battersea poltergeist spanned a staggering 12 year period rocking not only national headlines, but local residents and politicians alike. Tales of strange noises, flying pans, exorcisms, and ghostly interactions rocks SW11 to the point that an attempt was made to contact the poltergeist by the BBC on primetime TV, and it was spoken about by the Home Secretary. The actions of the poltergeist has captured Londoners' attention and in an in-depth BBC documentary drama podcast has revealed the account of Shirley Hitchings, now 80, who was haunted by the ghost. The podcast recently revealed noises, shockingly, would follow Shirley and would even follow her to work. The haunted 15 year old even lost her job at Selfridges as a result of the ghostly followings. Objects disappeared from the clothing store, including four or five pairs of scissors. And when Shirley revealed she was the poltergeist girl, she got the sack. Shirley told Radio 4, "'They called in this nurse to strip-search me, "'and they searched to see if I had them on my person. "'I felt really degraded. "'They never found anything, and I got the immediate sack.'" Well, the ghost appeared to follow Shirley wherever she went, and she reported even having incidences with the ghost Donald on London buses and at a BBC TV studio. Recalling the incident, Shirley added, "'We went up on the bus and on the tube. "'Dad took me. "'When we got to the studio, Donald was banging.'" He had followed me. We were waiting in the green room and they were asking me questions. Donald was tapping quietly on the table and they all heard it. Oh great, are you going to come on the television? He was saying. Many fans have been focusing on the geography and whether the house may be uneasy marshland or whether acid in the soil could have led to madness. The family's cat even ended up receiving an analysis with fans wondering how the family's pet behaved to find out if its behavior was in line with the family's accounts. BBC presenter Cliff Micklemore, who went on to report on the assassination of JFK and the moon landings, even mentioned the ghostly encounter in a memoir two years later, confirming that he heard Donald appear at the BBC. Behind the doors of No. 63 Wycliffe Road, some of the strangest ghostly allegations took place. In 1956, Number 63 Wycliffe Road was home to the Hitchings family. Dad Wally was in his 40s, a tall, gaunt London Underground driver. His wife Kitty was a former office clerk, now in a wheelchair due to chronic arthritis. But it was their 15-year-old daughter Shirley who was at the center of the ghost storm. Shirley was about to start art school and working part-time as a seamstress at the department store Selfridges. The pictures of her and newspaper articles on the case show a striking girl with dark hair and even darker eyes. Also living at the address was Shirley's grandmother Ethel, a fiery character known locally as Old Mother Hitchings and her adopted son John, a surveyor in his 20s who Shirley thought of as a brother. Well, one night the family were brought back to the horrors of the Blitz when they were woken by deafening bangs reverberating through the house, shaking the walls and floor. The sound was so loud, the neighbors came round to complain, imagining that Wally was hammering or tearing up floorboards in the middle of the night. Speaking to The Sun recently, Shirley reflected on these events. She said, quote, "'I lived through the Blitz, "'and I remember the bombs dropping. "'It was the same level of noise the sound was coming from the roots of the house, quote. Soon the banging became a daily occurrence and even started to take place in broad daylight. The hitching, sleep deprived and terrified, called out the police and various surveyors, but no one was able to get to the bottom of where the noises were coming from. Along with the intense banging, a scratching sound appearing to be from inside furniture began to develop too. Even the bed headboard would make a scratching sound as the residents tried to sleep. As time went on, the unusual activities inside the home became more extreme. Soon, objects began moving. Speaking about the incident on BBC Radio 4's documentary, Into the Events of Wycliffe Road, Evelyn Hollow, a Scottish writer and parapsychologist who witnessed the events, said, We're talking about a clock floating through the air. We're talking about pots and pans being thrown from a room that nobody was in, end quote. Multiple witnesses claimed to have seen bedsheets flying off beds, slippers walking around on their own, and chairs moving. Well, as time went on, these events became increasingly violent. Quote, rooms are trashed, added Evelyn. The house must have looked like a bloody war zone. It's a truly wild case. However, this is where the case became unusual. Even for a poltergeist haunting, spontaneous fires would break out, disembodied voices appeared, and writing appeared on the wall, and even on paper. Over time, the family even began to find ways to communicate with the poltergeist named Donald, and over the years the family tried to establish who it may be. The experience was so life-defining that Shirley, now 80, wrote a book about her experiences called The Poltergeist Prince of London. And the house at which the hauntings took place no longer exists. It was demolished in the late 1960s and nothing has been put in its place ever since. Well, that's it. That's all I've got for this week. Uh, Don't forget to reach out if you see something unusual in the sky or someplace else or if you have an interesting story to tell. We'd love to hear from you and you can call our hotline at 818-570-0126 or find us at www.theparachronical.com And please like or subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on or pass this podcast on to spread the word about our little show and help us grow. And until next time, keep your eyes to the sky and know that here on Earth and in the universe, we are not alone. For the Parachronicle Almanac, I'm Jonathan Hawk.